Welcome to the 99, episode 10. Now, it's been a little over a year since our first episode recorded with Angry Dave, and what feels like seven months ago that we recorded episode 9. Now, I've taken a bit of a hiatus because at the time I was starting a new job and didn't have as much time, and then I moved to shift work, which uh, is kind of rough on the body and mind switching nights to days every two days. But here we go with episode 10. Today's guest is my brother, Michael Lawrence, and we are just going to sort of go off the cuff. I don't really have any questions pre-written, so we're just going to see where it takes us. Welcome to episode 10, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing good. Good. So, uh... I understand you've gotten a new job. Yeah, yeah. In an industry you've never worked in before. <laughs> yep. Now I know rookie. where I know where that is, but I don't think our listeners do. No. <laughs> well, I'll be starting at GP pretty soon. GP, what's yeah. that? <laughs> Georgia Pacific over in Englehart. And what's that? <laughs> it's a lumber mill. Pretty well. Yeah, it's a mill. That's actually where I work as well. It's actually an OSB mill, not a not a lumber mill. No. That's where our father works in a lumber mill. Yeah, that heathen so, lumber. So where were you coming from before that? <laughs> Tim Hortons. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You want to go into some detail on that? It was grimy. It was grimy. You got some... Uh, Angry customer stories? Uh, yeah. Most Well, yeah. I mo- worked most of the time in Sudbury, and actually everybody was nice there, even though everybody says that Sudbury's awful. Most of the people were nice there. Uh, but North Bay had a lot of um, unsavory customers. Uh, Try to be nice to homeless people, because, like, well, they're people too, but a couple of them come in screaming at you right off the cuff or you can tell they're coming down off something and you know it's not going to be a good interaction right off the bat um one in particular he came in he called the old woman i mean well i mean not really nice to say but he came in he's oh you're a retard started just going off on this woman and like she's not a mean woman like she's really kind and i know that she didn't do anything to deserve that definitely yeah and so on the way out i think i told him something along the lines like you can't do that like you know, you've got to leave now, like for sure. He was already on his way out, but like now it's now it's a matter of fact. You have to leave. Yeah. And and it was so then he looks at me and he said, you know, he's just he's a crazy guy, so I don't remember exactly. And I started to get heated, but he essentially said, like he's arguing back, and he says, "Oh well, you don't want me to leave. Well, this is what I'll do." So he took this few steps in, and the door was very close to the area that the bathrooms are in. So he goes over there, and for COVID at the time, this is a little while back. Uh, they were blocked off, so he starts spitting on all the barriers, and it's just like, oh, it's COVID. What are you doing? That's so wait, gross. Yeah, it's like a biohazard. And anyway, so I ended up, I yelled at him something or other, uh, can't remember, but that kind of got him a little bit more towards the door. And then again, he said something, but it was just, you know, it doesn't matter what he's saying; he's incoherent. And so my last response to him, I just told him to grow up, and I thought like, 
Well, I'm glad that's over, but now we have to go around cleaning up spit, so. <laughs> uh, another one that comes to mind was, long story short, essentially, just not, not to waste too much time with it, uh, a guy slid right into the parking lot middle of winter, and he almost took out a couple pedestrians. And one of the people coming in was actually someone coming into work, too. So they immediately came in and told us about it. And right after, whatever, 45 seconds later, the person has just finished describing the incident. The person who caused the accident or whatever, the near accident, came in. Oh, there's these people. They're standing in the middle of the road, and they don't know how to look both ways and whatever. And, I mean, we had cameras pointing directly at the road, so it didn't take long to disprove that. Yeah. But essentially, those are the types of things that, well, in a combination, I'm not looking to go back to school immediately. So that in combination with not wanting to deal with those types of situations anymore, I figured I'm going to do some labor. I want to work with my hands. That's good. Yeah. We could, we could use your, your hard work in there. Yeah, well, hopefully. I had a, when I was working in customer service at a computer shop, had a guy come in there. He had bought a printer the day before, and uh, he was freaking out, freaking out that uh, it, it wasn't working properly. So we take a look, print out a page. It's working just fine. And he's like, no, 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 I need a different print format which the printer was capable of, but and he didn't know how to set it up that way, and somehow that was our fault. Yeah. So, uh, but he's, I came, I was out getting a drink or something, like down the street, and I came back, and this guy was already in there. And I was doing my best not to burst into tears laughing because this guy literally looked like Krusty the Clown, big guy with huge orange hair like almost like an afro but so long it was it was going down like two pigtails down his head almost and he had a toque on it on his head and it, on it it said insane and there was a big picture of a clown and i'm like no way this guy looks like a clown and he's got it on his toque he's riding the joker craze and and he's just uh freaking out and then he's like if you guys can't uh fix this issue for me fists are gonna be flying <laughs> and then uh i was just he wasn't talking to me i was doing separate work but i'm looking at him and i'm sizing him up and then i look at my manager who's probably 150 pounds soaking wet and i'm just planning like if he if he goes after pat i'm gonna have to like step in there so I'm planning how I'm going to do this. And then I was like, it was actually kind of a stressful time working in tech during COVID. I was actually hoping he would attack so I could de-stress on, on Pennywise there. But lots of people like that in, in customer service. Yeah, that's, there was one guy, I never had a problem with it myself for whatever reason, I don't know, he thought I was all right. And a couple other people too, it wasn't just me, but most of the crew in Sudbury, uh, there was, obviously I'm not going to say his name, but he came in every day 47 times and 
him and his wife, they must have done one well for themselves because they were both retired. They spent seven days a week, most of the day, every day in the parking lot coming in and out, and they'd buy whatever. This time we'll get a muffin that we're going to split in half, and next time we'll get a bagel with plain everything and, you know, just little things throughout the day, but it would occur, it would, by the end of the day, it would end up being close to $100 that they've spent every single day and without for nearly the two years I was there. Um, but he'd come in and he was a big, whatever you call him, six foot five. He was huge. And so he'd lean over the counter or well, just stand over the counter and he'd lean forward and he'd look at you and he'd say, Hey, clean that counter again, things like that. And he'd yell at you. And I remember while this one girl, she was East Indian, uh, I believe. And he just had a huge, just the biggest problem with her. And all the time, no matter what she did, she'd clean the counter right in front of him. And he'd come over and he'd lean over with his big old, you know, the old guy glasses that square go all the way around. They're yeah. yellow. Yeah. Lean over the counter with those. Hey, hey. And he's talking to me. Get that girl to clean the counter. I was like, well, you know, like, because we're used to him and it's a, a huge deal. We've, we saw you coming. She cleaned it right away. Like she had time. Don't worry. It's clean. I don't care. I want to see her clean it. Holy. Like, oh, well, whatever you say, man, like, just don't please don't do this to me ever. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm sure he got talked to by the manager eventually. Actually, no, I'm I'm more than certain he got banned. I'm certain he got banned eventually, like after I had left. But, I mean, that guy was a problem. Like, every single time he came in, there would be people, certain people they just wouldn't serve him. And, yeah. But, I mean, it never, like you explained, never came to... It never came to fisticuffs nearly. Like, he wasn't threatening. Uh, he didn't say he was going to throw hands or anything. But, yeah, I mean, if he did, probably kick the crap out of any of us. He was huge. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, the kind of stuff, like working minimum wage in retail or uh, food service that you have to put up with making a minimum wage. Um, I was lucky enough when I was in a store it wasn't minimum wage is a pretty good wage but before i worked there there was this lady came in decided she needed some air duster so she pays for the air duster and just right there at the counter pops the lid off and just inhales the whole can right at the counter and starts uh. like tweaking out right in the right in the store and the girl working's just right freaked out not knowing what not knowing what to do. She's banned from the store, that lady. Yeah. Well, that's like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, I just like that, it's come back to me. So a guy came in and, well, so first of all, people all the time, like I mentioned earlier in North Bay, huge homeless problem, but there are people. Some of them are normal. So one of the normal fellas, came in whatever he bought himself a coffee and a donut and he went and sat out outside and it's a double wide sidewalk with a crop up and everything it's meant to be sat on or something there's almost enough room for a table it's not a problem you're not in the way if you're there it's not even a gross place to sit it's pretty normal i'd say yeah and so he's just sitting there doing whatever and in through the door burst this again like it's always these tall lanky guys Bursts in this guy, some like six five, this huge guy can barely fit through the door. Hey, and he's screaming. I'm not gonna scream in the mic, but he's screaming. Hey, that guy out front, 
And you could, you could scream in the mic. I'm not going to scream in the mic. <laughs> but he's, hey! Uh, whoa. He's, hey. So he's, whatever, he's yelling. And he says, that, and I can't say this because obviously it's horrible, but he calls the man the N-word. Yeah. Uh, that N-word outside, sitting on that front like a dirty homeless man. Get him out of here. If you don't scrape him off the sidewalk, I will. If you don't get the cops over here, I will. I'm going to do something about it. And my first thought is, uh, what's that guy's name? Steve Buscemi. He looks like that guy. Like he's completely sunken eyes. He's got the gangly old teeth hanging out of his mouth. And I'm thinking, what is the man on? He's on something. Like for sure. He's got the biggest eyes in the world. He's flying all over the store. He's just... He just looks like a victim. And so anyway, within a matter of two seconds, I tell him, well, you can't use that kind of language because it's a family friggin' restaurant, whether or not it looks like it. Yeah. So I'm calling the cops. And he says to me, and like like every kind of, I don't know if it's like right to say, but like meth head, they're always, they're always the right ones, right? So it's, oh, yes, I want you to call the cops. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm yeah. glad you're calling them because that means I can talk to them and set all you right. <laughs> <laughs> so so we called them, and anyway they arrived because they're familiar. We we were like whatever number one customers with them, and because we call them all the time for people and malfeasance. Yeah. And so they show up, whatever. And the guys like like he said he was going to. He was out there ready for the man. Yeah. Whoever, whenever officer arrived, he was ready. And so he goes, and you can see him mansplaining there just with his hands, throwing them up, down, and around, like, oh, through the window and whatever. You could only imagine what he was saying. And anyway, the officer comes in. He just asks a few clarifying questions, like, this is this is the restaurant. You're the one that called, and that's the guy. Like, as little as that, okay, I'm going to go back out. He goes back out and puts the guy in cuffs. Like, I don't know if he found something on him. Or, well, even, I don't know, well, I don't know anything about the law. I don't know if disorderly conduct's enough. But, like, yeah. he was clearly at the very least wasted. So I'm assuming you go to the drug tank for that, like, immediately. Yeah. But, I mean, the man was literally crazy. <laughs> so, uh, something I was going to ask you. Uh, I Well, my brother's the type of guy where... Some uh, a movie or a TV show that's monumental and it's his is monumentally huge in pop culture history. Michael is gonna catch the highlights <laughs> or just read about it before watching it. Cliff notes, cliff notes on friggin' movies, anyways. We, he didn't want to watch Obi-Wan, but he watched some highlights with us a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and then, But today we watched the final episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I don't know what did... I know you fell asleep well, I, right yeah. at the end. So I don't know all what you caught, but what did you think? I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, well... Here's the thing. I'll say I'll say first of all after you had showed me the the whatever episode it was that you showed me initially I'd went then and talked to uh talked to a good buddy of mine, Nathan. 
And because he had seen that, obviously, episodes I hadn't, like the first couple. And he had mentioned a part, and this is secondhand experience, so it's a bit different. But he had mentioned the part, spoilers, everybody. But, well, I guess I, more or less, um, one of the female leads uh, dispatches, let's say, one of the uh, leading Inquisitor fellows, which is fine because she's meant to be a really strong character, but she does it in a way, um, from my understanding, he knows and understands that she is after his position in some way or another, or at least does not like him, like to an extent that she might overthrow him. And they don't have a duel. It's just kind of, that was one thing just from a narrative point of view, I mean, I guess you could say Obi-Wan died like that in the first Star Wars, but he was that was a little bit orchestrated, and he was really old. And But uh, anyway, that part particular, that's just a little... That's other than the fact. But the episode we watched today, seeing how things tied together, and obviously things I just mentioned too, those are tied together in the episode as well, so it makes a little bit more sense with more context, which is credit to the show. But I really liked it. Uh, um, one thing going into it, because we all know if you're watching Obi-Wan, it's obvious or more than likely that you've seen, you know how Darth Vader came to be and you know a little bit, you know enough about the timeline to know that, um, he, Darth Vader survives and Obi-Wan also survives. Well, especially Obi-Wan because we've all seen him played by his original actor and he's old, but, uh, um, Regardless of that, I thought it was still really interesting. Like, I thought the fight was going to be not a cookie-cutter copy or anything like that, but I thought it would be similar to their their duel directly before Anakin became Darth Vader and that it would be a, an intense duel with a little bit of geography-based combat. You know, they're in the volcano and this, that, and he had the high ground. and But uh, it was more than that. Like, you could tell they wove the story into the fight and that because the fight was what I was most interested in that made me doubly interested into it because I thought like, well, well, this makes sense. They're not just fighting again. Like for example, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say what happens, but about halfway through the fight, when you think things are over, it's ended in such a way it's not even mm, not to spoil anything. The most I would say is it's so impersonal in a way you would almost expect, like, um, like this man. Well, he's hunting Obi Wan for so many years. He's looking for revenge, but it just, it, like, it just, it felt realistic, but also a surprise at the same time. And what happened, like, yeah, um, I don't know. It's something you'd have to see for yourself. But I interpreted it almost as, um, the uh, the first character recognizing the other character's strength and despite wanting to end things maybe in in let's His say a more heart. ruthless way oh, they yeah. decided it like let's just end the fight like this is this this person is dangerous but uh but like i said that's not where that's about halfway the fight goes on which again that's even better that's more credit to the show but i liked uh, the the last episode i liked for multiple reasons i liked um um, what's her face? Well, I don't know anyone's name who's an actor, but uh, the little girl who played Leia did a really good job. Like, yeah. I felt like the 
the way she acted, I don't know if it was just good directing or what, but the way she acted to me felt as though, well, it was a very convincing Leia. Uh, Princess Leia. Yeah. Like, especially from A New Hope, like just the way that uh, she she carries herself in that movie. Yeah. And and also the fact I like, I don't know if it was on purpose, maybe it was, maybe it's too obvious, but that she dressed in all white, similar to how she is in, in A New Hope. She's wearing her all white dress yeah. when she's first seen. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know, it's probably too obvious, but just the fact uh, one of the last things Obi-Wan says, not to spoil anything again, is but just to essentially tell her, hey, call on me if you need me, even if I'm an old guy. And yeah. for folks who have seen the first movie, that's a, that's essentially how Star Wars start, kicks off, is exactly that happening. I, I think things like that run deeper than fan service. It is a fan service, because I thought it was cool, but like, um, it's more than that. Like it, it actually ties things together. It does. And the last line in the, the show is Obi-Wan saying... Hello there. And uh, there's lots of memes of that from the, the <laughs> episode three of Obi-Wan hopping down there. And he says, hello there. But it's actually also Obi-Wan's first line in 1977 Star Wars. He says, hello there. Come here, my little friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's I don't know if you could say that out of context. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R2D2. He's talking to R2D2. Uh, there's also the part where he, he's getting out of the, the the plane to see little 10 year old Princess Leia with her parents. And the parents say, There's no way we could ever repay you. And Obi Wan said, Oh, this one already has. <laughs> like, like out of context it could sound bad but uh, yeah well i guess yeah I, the, the movie watchers know what he means but yeah <laughs> yeah i really like uh i thought the show i'm i'm a lord of the rings over star wars guy all day and i'll still argue that but it didn't make me yeah. want to look more into things at risk of looking like a huge virgin nerd. Well, like I mean, you Star have kids, Wars no books. Yeah, I've got, I got kids, so I'm not a virgin. I, I mean, guess, I'm, ju- I guess nerd, I'm just a nerd. Yeah. Freaking nerd. Nerd. Yeah, um, it's a pretty good show. Yeah, I kind of, I, I don't know. I prefer Lord of the Rings things also oh, yeah. myself, but it's not like by a huge margin. But also, at the same time, some people might, well, no, it's just because you prefer swords and fantasy. Well, maybe, th- maybe, but not entirely because that, like, no. Because <laughs> I, I don't really like fantasy things. that are, Like, for example, I, I just don't. Like, Lord of the Rings stands out as being one. Actually, to be honest, I don't even really like sci-fi. Or actually, te- and uh, technicality is that Star Wars is a space opera. Yes. Um, technically. So, but space opera, whatever you want to call it, sci-fi, fantasy, science, fantasy, whatever, that's not really my thing either. I just really like Lord of the Rings particularly. 
despite how much I like Lord uh, Star Wars, I like Lord of the Rings more. Yeah. I think just Lord of the Rings feels like a very, out of everything that's so, obviously most stories are original and there's many good stories. Like most stories are good, I'd even say, but like Lord of the Rings just seems so original, creme de la creme fantasy. Like maybe you could say there should be more dragons. That's one thing that's missing. There's only Smaug or Smaug yeah. in The Hobbit. But uh, but I don't know. Just uh, it runs really deep. Like there's a lot to see. The fact the... Uh, the fact the author wrote a language, he wrote Elvish to to go with the book, that's incredible to me. Because it's a real language, you could learn it. Why would you? But you could. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, we're really sounding like virgins here the last five minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I, yeah. No offense to any virgin listeners. I don't. Um, I don't. I think my. F- What's your favorite kind of movie, actually? Because I was gonna say mine, but that's selfish of me. My favorite kind of movie. Well, whatever genre. I would say. A drama. Drama. Slash. Yeah, like. So you're talking like Days of Our Lives. No, that's a soap opera. Okay. A drama would be like. The Lincoln uh, Lawyer. Sex in the City. No. Okay. Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, like, serious Gossip movies. Girl. No, it's um, not a show. They're movies. I'm just kidding. Uh, I can't think of any titles right now. Uh, but yeah. dramas are thrillers. Lincoln Lawyer, the first one you mentioned, that's uh, that's one of my favorite movies for sure. Like, stuff that makes you think. Uh, like, that movie Zodiac is cool. Like, mystery stuff. Yeah, I think our taste in movies, well, for our, our preference is the same then, because that's pretty pretty well my favorite. Because comedies usually aren't funny anymore for like the last mm-hmm. 10 years at least. No. Do you remember, just before I forget, the movie Seven? Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, and, and Brad Pitt. Yeah, I was going to say DiCaprio, but that's Brad what a lie. Pitt. Brad, Brad Pitt, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler because the movie's 400 years old now, but the ending of that movie had it was the first movie I'd ever seen in my entire life that had me actually thinking, Oh, Oh my God, that's actually horrifying. Yeah. That's, that's the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, and there's no way I'm not saying that they don't tie it together or they don't show a solution. There's no solution to the problem they end the movie with. Yeah, and it's not like something classic, like oh, there's a nuke and it's gonna blow up. It's nothing. It's spiritual horror is the only thing I can say. It's like just torment to to the yeah. maximum degree. It's just it's like the most like crushing ending I've ever seen in a film. Um, similar. It's not to, what's and so that's a crime investigation mystery movie in a kind of in a similar vein, but uh, kind of separate on the spectrum as a movie. Uh, wow, look at me forgetting the name. I want to call it The Lincoln Lawyer because it's... Um, all right, all right. It's that guy, McConaughey. Um, a, a Time to Kill, that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's... For anyone that hasn't seen it, I won't say, even though it's 400 years old, I'm not going to say the ending because it's really... It's not, it's not even a mystery. They tell you, right? You know within the first five minutes 
the person on the trial is guilty. You know within the first five minutes. Yeah, like they, they, they give you a cut and dry who's the bad guy. Not even, well, I don't even want to, so what, I, I'll give you the actually. He's going to uh, spoil it. No, I won't. No, I won't. So there's two trials, but one trial takes, one trial is relevant for the first, whatever, 15 minutes of the movie, and it's like a two-hour movie. Essentially, the, like, the, and that's the setup for the movie, and that there's a horrendous crime uh, committed uh, against a young girl, and... Like I said, it's immediately known not only that the crime was committed against her, but she survived and made it home, thankfully, and her parents were there. And uh, and again, like I said, that they didn't hide it. They, they didn't feel ashamed of their crime. The guys just went to the bar, and they got caught immediately. This is all within the first five minutes of the movie. And they go to trial for it. And where I'll stop being specific is to say that during the first trial, some... Some malarkey happens. Some uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, some definite malarkey. Some even maybe even some tomfoolery takes place. Things get a little wacky, and the movie completely changes course from there to a new trial. Um, and it's one that's much more morally gray. And not the way that you'd expect. It's more... No, it's not morally gray. I wouldn't say that. It's it's very legally gray. I've never heard anyone say that. But it's very... It's hard to... It's one of those... You don't know as the viewer or neither do the characters within the movie. Nobody knows how it's going to shake out. Hmm. Because it's such a particular case in what happens and the way that it happens and the way... And who is a witness on each side... That ends up being a little bit of a surprise later in the movie. Is this about the fertility doctor with, with like a hundred kids? Sounds very similar. No, that that's uh, a time to kill. I know the movie. I'm just joking. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's basically what happened there. But okay, but in regards to that fertility fertility guy, you know, he's just out and about. Yeah. Well, the, all they really tried to get him for was fraud, because it's not technically rape. No, I and suppose so the not. only thing they it's could get him for consent. was fraud. But uh, the judge who carried out the sentence, or should I say, the lack of sentence, was a friend of the doctor, and he thought yeah. he was too important to the community. Yeah, I, freaking small towns, eh? How do they? Where do they get off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Freaking Americans, eh? All of them just <laughs> jizzing in test tubes and having hundreds of babies. Yeah, every single one and of them. shooting up schools. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of good folks down there, too. But no. Yeah, well, no. definitely. With 300 million people, there's lots of bad, but lots of good. Um, there's definitely a lot of crazy... I'd say, for a fact, there's more crazy folk down there. Oh, yeah. And I guess crazy can go one way or the other. Not every crazy person wants Lots to kill you. Lots of Florida, so. man. Yeah. Florida, yeah. Man, man fondles crocodile in Children's Park. Florida man fondles crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Ah, here's something fun. What's... I know your birthday. I don't got to ask you... I'm going to check your Florida man horoscope. What is that? I'll tell you. Okay. March 18th 
1998. Uh, what's your social insurance number? Can I have your social? 1997, sorry. Can wow. I have your social insurance number? No. I need it for this. No, I only give that to Microsoft when they call me. <laughs> okay, let's see. Okay. Oh, frig off. I'll just... Uh, uh, uh. Did you do it wrong? Yeah. Oh! Oh! You're a Florida man. You you were arrested for masturbating with a pickle on private property. Was it my private property, though? No. Oh. Um, so, on March 18th last year... Florida man Michael Lawrence found himself in a pickle. Well, actually, he was arrested for masturbating on private property, which included inserting a pickle, the smoking gun reports. <laughs> what? Is he, this real? Michael was charged. Michael Lawrence of Tampa, the name is, have been changed, was charged Sunday with exposure of sexual organs for the unappetizing display According to the arrest affidavit obtained by the outlet. Yeah, that must have to do with the pickle. Well, I know. I just think it means they're saying if it's tasteful nudity, it's you're totally in the So pit. they found him lying flat on his back, no pants or underwear, but a shirt on. So he's just had his penis in one hand and a large uh, uneaten pickle in his <laughs> other hand and was using the pickle <laughs> to penetrate his rectum while he was <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Michael, My. you dog. Uh, well, what can I say? I don't know if I'm making pickles this year now. Making pickles? Well, don't let me get a hold of them, I guess. But <laughs> uh, here, we'll find out my Florida man horoscope. Freak. Pictures worse. Uh, I, my Florida man horoscope. Florida man climbs playground equipment, allegedly yells to children about how babies are born. Well, that's not so bad. That's pretty... So this guy climbed on top of a children's toy at a playground near Pier 60 in Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa. And shouted to a group of four and six-year-olds about where babies come from and used a vulgar term in doing so. Huh. You know, maybe... So everyone that goes to Tampa... Or not everyone. So every. Everyone that goes to Tampa specifically to be a hockey player, if they don't make it into the Tampa Bay Lightning, immediately become crackheads. Yes. They wander out into the streets. Well, no, they're given a chance on the Florida Panthers first. Oh, true, yeah, but they most of them don't even want that. No. No, no. No, no, no. So they wander out into the street, they cut all ties with their family, and they just sort of become walkers. Like, if you've seen The Walking Dead, they're walkers. <laughs> Uh, that's like, uh, yeah, the equivalent to the old guy in a GMC on the highway going 15 under. No, he'll be going 15. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. People do that every day going through Cobalt. You enter co whatever the speed limit is, 50, I think, going in. They're going 25. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and then there's the the worst is someone's going, you're on Highway 11, you should be going like at least a hundred, like a hundred, hundred and tens generally the the range. Uh, and then there's always that guy going eighty five, 
And he's probably like five cars, six cars, seven cars ahead of you. So you can't just pass him. You got to wait for the passing lane. Well, then that passing lane comes, and he's going one friggin' 20. <laughs> and all these cars are trying to pass him. Ain't going to happen. Cause he, and he's ripping. Then the passing lane ends 85. Or even worse is you're like one car behind us. There's just one car between you and that guy. Comes to the passing lane, and the car in front of you decides he's going to pass. But he goes from 85, I'm going to go 95 and pass this guy. And it takes him the whole freaking passing lane. That makes me want to turn into a Florida man. Well, that's why the passing lane is that long, right? You're meant to take Uh, the whole lane. Not, no. (laughs) I know. No. No, that makes me want to go Florida. I want to go to Florida just for, I can't remember what kind of, they don't pay a tax, a certain kind of tax. I think it's income tax. State tax. tax. Yeah, there's no state tax. Like the idea of that. I don't like the idea of getting shot, but there are some safe counties. Like, uh, I don't know. The old folks homes, they're pretty safe. Well, I guess so, but I guess... You could live there. Well, I guess... Uh, yeah, I don't want to live there. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I'll work there and live there even if I can run a racket similar to Ben Stiller in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's really mean, but if you move out of town and you're not doing it to people you know... No, I'm just kidding. Is it That's really horrible. mean? Is it really mean? Yeah. Well, if a tree falls in the forest, right? Like, <laughs> uh, Random fact for you. Uh, do you know who Curtis Joseph is? No. So he was the goalie like Kurt- 20 oh, okay, to 25 yeah. years ago. There was a span of time he was the goalie for Toronto Maple Leafs. That's why I became a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. But when he he didn't start playing hockey till a later age, couldn't afford it, but he had uh foster parents and the ones he was staying with it was it was his mom there was running like a low end nursing home mm-hmm. and basically she was just taking all the drugs for the old people abusing them. And wow. His room he had a mattress on the floor, and every night when he went to bed, he would try have to try and find a dry spot because it was always just full of cat piss. Oof. And I got to say, like, most NHL players don't grow up poor. Like, you almost... It's hard to play hockey at a competitive level being in a poor family, but, like, that's a little... Bo- that. I don't think there's a player in the NHL today that grew up trying to find dry spots on piss mattresses. Maybe some of the Russian ones. <laughs> <laughs> like Ovechkin in his youth. Oh, yeah. His dad. Like, <laughs> like what's his name? Alex. Like, Alex, you make it big in the, in the NHL in America. Otherwise, you don't come home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now he's probably still sending half his paycheck to his parents in Moscow. <laughs> no, uh, probably to Putin's campaign. Probably. He loves, no, I don't, he oh, loves he? Putin. Wow, what a dick. His profile picture is him and Putin. And then when all the Ukraine stuff was going down, 
uh, like they wanted him to speak on it. And he's like, oh, I don't really know much about politics. But when Putin last ran, he was literally had a website that was strictly designed for campaigning Putin. Uh, yeah, I think what, I think it's possible with him. He's just being a dumb jock about it. Like, I'm not saying all jocks are dumb, but just that. I don't know. He had a lot to say until he, dumb. he had a lot to say good for Putin until the Ukraine stuff. And he just he I don't think he wants to speak against Putin because the last NHL player who did that. Uh, well, I think it's Putin it's, basically was. Uh, threaten the guy's family well that's what i was just gonna say too is is you're exactly right like i think that's what prevents people from saying something like you said like he's not saying good things about him but well i should say him saying nothing at all and staying neutral when something really bad goes on usually and you'd say well it should be easy enough to say it's testable yeah but not if it's putin because he's a crazy man like he's literally crazy he's unhinged and he'll probably kill someone's family if you yeah. don't react properly. And and I personally, I think that probably goes doubly so for the Russian expatriates. It's like, oh, you left Russia? Cool. Make sure you stay in line while you're gone. Yeah. Like, you don't ever leave Russia. <laughs> yeah, so uh, back it was, um, I guess, just last year. I feel like it was more than that. can't remember exactly when. It was within the last couple of years anyways. But this Ranger, New York Rangers star, he supported the opposition, Alexei Navalny, in an Instagram post. So, yeah, this was 2021. Um, and then after so, that... Sorry, the opposition... like To Putin. Okay, okay. He was endorsing the other guy. Which is good, because Putin's been in there yeah. too long. And then... <laughs> Coincidentally, right after that big story comes out in the papers that Panarin beat this woman 10 years ago. So he took uh, a leave of absence from the team, basically to go get his family and bring them to America. Um, There's a fabricated story. Some American papers interviewed players on that team who would have been at the bar and said that that did not happen. Yeah. Um. It's just crazy. Like, oh, you say you endorse the other guy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna smear you. Yeah, well, it happens all the time. Like every political opponent that he's ever had who's gained steam has either disappeared or been poisoned. Yeah. Um, even sometimes people aren't even safe if they leave the country. Uh, I think. It, well, it's actually probably more than a couple of years ago now. But um, there was that story. There was someone within the government of Russia and he and his daughter who wasn't at all involved with the government. She was just related to him. They both fled to, I believe it was great Britain. And there was a gas attack at some point a couple of years ago. And it was essentially like, you'd have to look it up if it sounds interesting, but essentially I believe they targeted and they found the, the origin point of the, the gas eruption had come from a bench that uh, the father and daughter pair were sitting on. Yeah. And so that, that indicated not only based on who the people were, but you know, it, it indicated they were the likely target. 
But um, what made it even more of a problem was that I don't know how many, but several at least other people were injured at the very least. Maybe they were killed. I don't think so. But many other people were injured in the blast of the gas as well. Like probably got lung damage and things like that. But yeah. Um, again, it's something worth looking into, but I believe they'd almost immediately identified that it was more than likely, uh, not only more than likely, but highly probable that it was the Russian government that was responsible. But um, a little bit of time after that, they had all but proven that. And and again, it's just one of those accusations dead in the water because Russia won't, they won't collaborate with anybody in any sort of investigation. Yeah. So. Um, what I could say about the war that's going on now, there is some funky business. Um, I wouldn't, obviously not to say anyone deserves it because the war is wrong and Putin's stupid. <laughs> like, just to put up, so nobody thinks that's uh, misunderstood. Like, he's definitely, he's wrong. He's the bully in this situation, but... Uh, um, <clears throat> I think it's, there's a little bit, there's just some uncomfortable details in the background of it all. Um, well, just one thing I just saw yesterday, for example, that I thought was just a little bit too, it was sus for lack of a better word is there was the, I think it was the general, the secretary general, I think of NATO and obviously I'm paraphrasing and I have a bias, so I'm putting a spin on it you'd have to hear it for yourself but he was a general secretary general or something of nato and he had he had said uh we need more americans to care and people globally because this isn't this isn't ukraine's war and it's not even our their problem it's all of our problems they didn't just attack our our friends and they didn't attack our ideas they literally in this part he i'm almost getting exactly right like he said this and it was ridiculous he said they are literally attacking america what they are doing is analogous to dropping troops on american soil and shooting civilians in the face that part he didn't say shooting in the face he didn't say that at all but he said it's analogous to an equivalent to raging war directly on american soil and i thought well no it's not it actually isn't you you have an argument if Ukraine is part of NATO because that's exactly what NATO was meant to enforce. But until they are, saying that's ridiculous. But he went on to say, uh, essentially to say his point in saying that was, um, we need people to start caring more about it like they did when the first, uh, when the first uh, breakout of war happened. The reason being is we need to solidify more tax money for guns so that we can privately manufacture these guns here in America and sell them to Ukraine. And his language is very, very specific in that we don't need to raise support and give things and give support and give guns to the Ukraine. We need to be supportive. And he didn't directly say, sell guns to them but he was very clear about us we're not giving them to them and well i mean you you can look at the data yourself we've never given them guns for any portion of our aid towards them but along with the he i don't know at what point but uh, the the final point of the speech that he had made to in whatever order it was was that he put a lot of blame personal blame on 
essentially every country that exists. He said, America is doing the most. So he patted himself on the back a little bit. He said, we're not doing enough. And Europe especially is not doing enough. And I just thought that was a little bit not, it's not the right way to convince people. If people are good and rational, they'll do what they can to support a war that isn't right. And I think that seems obvious. And it's like emphasis on good people and do what they can. Because not everyone can afford to do anything at all. And not everyone's... I'm not even saying they're bad people for not thinking of the war. But not everybody has it within themselves or within their daily lives or their daily capacity to think about a war that isn't actively waging in their country. So... I don't think it's I don't think it's right to force people or to say you're immoral or you're not doing enough because it's not going to do anything to convince most people and the rest of the people it's just going to make them go the other way with it and they'll feel upset that you're guilting them. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to be like that's how you talk to your children. Like, "Oh, you're not doing enough. You're not cleaning your room. Look how messy it is cuz you're not doing enough." Like, we're not stupid. You're talking to registered voters, <laughs> yeah. most of which are over the age of 30. So I don't, anyway, I don't, like, whatever, bottom line, don't, don't talk to people like they're stupid. Don't tell them what they should do. Most people are good people. So if you talk to them like adults and properly, they'll make the right decision. Yeah, so, I, I don't know about I, any of that. I had, didn't hear that, so I don't Yeah, it's all a comment bit. one or, way or the other. Yeah, to put a pin in it, it's more, it's all, obviously I have a bias towards it because I just don't like, I I just don't like it when people tell you what to think because it's like, but whatever. But the main problem of, of it is that the way that they're asking for support isn't by reminding us that people are suffering, which would be okay to point out because it's not only true, it's, it's like the main reason war is wrong. People are suffering that didn't ask for that. Yeah, but rather than do any of that or point any of that out, he focused on what what sort of guns can we send over? If you guys are more supportive, we could afford to send more guns over. It's like, well, even if that is the support they need, ask for support like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like just the worst way to ask. I I guess like he wants to garner support, but he just he came off as just. A dickhead is all I could say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's a good place to end things. Yeah. Um. Thanks for coming on the show, even though you're already here. Thanks for yeah. agreeing to just come up to my bedroom and come record all this upstairs, all yeah. the way. Don't yeah. even have a comfy chair for you. That's no, okay. Yeah, you didn't even get me a glass of water. Joe Rogan gets his guest water. Well, do I look like Joe Rogan? Well, no, I see you have a Sprite, though. And you had a beer. I had a... Yeah. Shoot, eh? You, wow. Well, I probably would have offered you it if you were a real guest. Uh, uh, a real guest? Like a... Uh, uh, like a star? Uh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> or like... Yeah, like a guest that's not at my house all the time and could just grab their own friggin' water. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bang. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Bang, huh? 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Yeah, thanks uh, for tuning in. Stay tuned. we got some more people lined up in, uh, as we get the 99s steam rolling again. Goodbye, folks. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the 99. I've recently switched podcast hosting services. It is still available on Spotify and Apple Music, and I think it's still available everywhere else. Uh, but I'm not really sure. As it stands, I think those are really the only two that matter. Might be on iHeartRadio. I don't know. Um, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out uh, my band's Blindsided show coming up at Zante's and New Lisker, July 23rd, as well as another show at the Miner's Tavern, August 20th with uh, another band, I believe, from Kirkland Lake called Ruckus. It's going to be a rock, rock and good time. Thanks for listening.